can you just say, hi, I'm Kimi Raikkonen, <laughs> and you're listening to Beyond the Grid. Hi, I'm Kimi Raikkonen, you're listening Beyond the Grid, correct? Can you do it one more time? What is it? Beyond, Beyond the Grid. Hi, Beyond the grid. I'm Kimi Raikkonen, and you're listening to Beyond the Grid. Hi, I'm Kimi Raikkonen, and you're listening to, listening to Beyond the Grid. <laughs> You're listening to your podcast. Let's put it this way. Do you mind uh, just doing it uh, once more? I am Kevin Raikkonen, and you're listening to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don't God. Don't try it. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Tom Clarkson here, wishing you a very warm welcome to season two of Beyond the Grid, presented by Bose QuietComfort 35.2 wireless headphones. Yes, that's right. We're back again for another year of your favourite F1 podcast. And what a superstar guest we have for week one. You asked for him and we got him. The one and only Kimi Raikkonen. If you hadn't already guessed from the intro, the Iceman is extremely funny. Much more amusing than his public persona would have you believe. He doesn't give a monkeys about the media. And after 18 years in the sport, he's still very much his own man. I first interviewed Kimi back in 2001, on the eve of his Grand Prix debut with Sauber. He was a shy 21-year-old back then with just 23 car races under his belt. And he's now driven in 291 Grand Prix, winning 21 of them and claiming the 2007 world title with Ferrari. Now 39 and the most experienced driver on the grid, this season sees Kimi back with the team where it all began, albeit with the Swiss squad now renamed Alfa Romeo Racing. But if you think he's on the grid just to make up the numbers, think again. We caught up in the Alfa motorhome during pre-season testing in Barcelona, where he seemed as relaxed as I've ever seen him at any point in his F1 career. Flanked by Sammy Visa, his longtime friend and manager, and Hellraiser, Kimi spoke at length, yes, at length, about his life, his loves, his family, and his future. I love speaking to him, and I hope you enjoy listening. Now, Kimmy, it's great to have you on Beyond the Grid. Um, we're sat here, Barcelona testing, in the Sauber Alfa Romeo Racing motorhome, where it all began for you back in 2001. Are you getting in the motorhome? Not the motorhome. No, yeah. <laughs> That's changed. Are you getting this strange sense of deja vu? No, not really. Obviously, there's some people that um, was in 2001 when I started, and... Uh, some people that I worked with in other teams before. Um, the factory is um, still in the same place. It's bigger than it was when I was there in uh, some years ago. Uh, but yeah, it's you st- still feel the same, uh, especially when you're in Hinville at the factory. So you know, it's just got a bit bigger, and uh, you know, everything has changed. But uh, yeah, good feeling. How have you changed in the intervening 18 years? <laughs> um, I don't feel that I have changed so much as I got older. Um, I has much. I have much more experience than I had uh, in 2001. Obviously, was um, you know I did only 20 odd races uh, in in cars before, and uh, it was completely different when I came to F1. So you know I was kind of given the car and just go uh, do your do your, uh, do your job and uh, yeah it was all new and obviously now it's a lot different story when when I come to the new team to me obviously 
I've been in, in Salborn now, Salfa Romeo Racing, so it's much easier to, let's say, the transition from from uh, coming to the new place. Obviously, things are different than in, in other teams that I've been, but uh, yeah, that's normal, and it's been, uh, let's say, a smooth uh, transition. When you look back at 2001, do you just think how ridiculously unprepared you were, or or do you actually look back and go, no, I, I was when you finished sixth <laughs> in your first race, for goodness sake? Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I didn't know anything else at that point, so you know, that's what you get. I think uh, at least we had, uh, we were free to do more testing, so we had, I don't know how many days we did testing, but obviously that was a different than okay, we have now testing eight days, four days each, so I'm sure we did more on that time, um, but yeah. I, what else can you, you know, you don't really feel that you are prepared or unprepared. It's something that you have to get on with it. And uh, it all worked out well. So, yeah, if, if it would be, uh, would have gone badly, then obviously you probably think afterwards, oh, maybe I should have done something differently. But, uh, yeah, this is how it, how it is now. Obviously now it's a bit easier to to come and do your know, things because you know much more and you're used to different things how important are the winter months for you now does does formula one take more or less out of you as you get older um do you need that break yeah for sure i always need it (laughs) that hasn't changed so uh i think you need to have otherwise you know if you all the time i think the big difference is that testing is very limited now so in many ways it's much easier because in the past we we did lots of testing before uh, before first race and then between all the races and it was only only basically driving it in race or testing so that was uh, we've been thinking now how 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 much less we are and in the, the race tracks is much better so yeah, but there's more races now yeah but it's you still um, think you're at home more yeah yeah I think but. You know, yeah, races, but then yeah, we need to go away. But the driving part is much less. So, well, what about the parenting thing? Do you, when you've got your four-year-old four Robin tugging at your trouser leg, saying, "Dad, where are you going? How hard do you find?" It's that? not there anymore. Her, him, it's more the little girl is starting to get to that age. That uh, yeah, it's. But how? I mean, I'm happening. a parent as well. How how hard do you find that? Yeah, it's for sure it's not nice. Uh, you know, you feel quite guilty on those moments, but uh, obviously it's their age, and then they start understanding, and then uh, then they are more fine with it. Obviously, it's still not ideal, but this is how life is, and, and like most of the people, at least they do um, their jobs, and everybody's working, and it's it's kind of normal. In if you take a big picture, so. It's not always nice, but uh, yeah, you know, you figure it out. And like like us, we get used to new things and different schedules and stuff. And it's the same with the with the kids. Uh, so. And the fact that the Sauber Alfa Romeo factory is is close to home, I guess. Does mm. that how does that make your life easier? Well, for sure, it's much easier in the way that when I when I'm go to the factory, I can drive half an hour. Uh, you know. Uh, do my stuff there and then drive back and before it's uh, whichever uh, although the teams I had to fly uh, one way or another so that's uh, a nine to five job you've got now 
Ten to three. <laughs> ten to three. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no, but yeah, it's but in that way it's much easier. You know, I, sometimes I, I have some small things to do there. I go and I go with the son. We've been the whole family, so it's yeah, you it's take so Robin with you to the factory. Yeah, we, we've been there, so it's easy. Uh, is he showing any signs of being a petrol head like his dad? Um, yeah, I think. But um, in fact, you, he's asking about go kart, but we haven't taken him yet. So why maybe not? this summer. Are you going to start? Yeah, I'm a bit worried if <laughs> once we take it first time that it's all over. But the um, motocross is into is is done last uh, few summers. So what, just sort of round the garden or? No, um, on the track, so on the on the roads. Uh, I'm on, getting this home, amazing vision of Robin Riken and jumping, mm. jumping. Yeah, not yet. Like I, I tuned the throttle, that is not that. It's only a little bit open, otherwise we have some accidents. So, serious question though: Do you think you will go karting with the the kids? And and if they showed an interest, would you support them and? do it all again as a dad um uh, for sure i will support them whatever they you know if it's racing if it's uh some whatever they got interesting uh, they, they get interested but um yeah i don't know i think i remember when i was young and you know one one day i was excited about maybe hockey and the next day on something completely different so I guess they figure it out on some point what they're interested. But yeah, Kimmy, how do you gauge how keen they are? Because when you started, you and your brother, you you were a mechanic, and you really, really had to want it because there was no family money to push you through. Obviously, there's a bit of cash in the bank now. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how? So it's much easier in a way for, for, for Robin than it was for you. So how at what point are you going to gauge, how do you gauge how much he wants it and how much? I have no idea. We'll just need to figure it out when, when we come to that point. I don't think there is any book you take and oh, do this. And if this is what happens, then do this. It's only, you know, we need to figure it out and, you know, see what happens and uh, I don't I have no stress about it because I don't plan anything anyhow so I'm sure it will all work itself out and uh, you know I will like I said I will support whatever it will be for Robin and Rihanna sport or something whatever they're interested so that's an interesting point you raise you say you, you don't plan things no I don't want to know even but I mean, I, I found out this uh, this thing uh, when I came here today. Well, I'm not talking on a sort of uh, micro level like no. this. I'm talking about sort of big. Dis- you, you've raced in 291 Grand Prix. Okay? Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, Kimmy, it's a long career. You have a lot of respect in the paddock. You're loved by fans around the world, and yet there's been no plan. Is that? Yeah, I don't have plan. Obviously, I know that I have a contract for two years, and but I have absolutely zero plan after that. Or, you know, just uh, see what happens. Yeah, I don't see why. You know, there's so many things can change over those two years that you know. Hopefully, we all stay healthy, and you know that's the main point. But uh, you never know. I, I don't plan. I don't plan. I don't need. To, I don't want to know. When I'm home, when I need to go, somebody, my wife often tells me what time flying or something, and it's much easier for me. 
I hope you're enjoying listening to Kimmy and we'll get back to our chat shortly. Now, if you joined us for series one of Beyond the Grid, then you'll remember me mentioning the fantastic shaving brand Harry's. And if you're only just catching up, then let me quickly fill you in on what you've missed. Harry's have a special offer for Beyond the Grid listeners. A trial set can be yours for £3.95. All you have to do is go to harrys.com forward slash F1 podcast. You're missing a trick if you don't take advantage of this offer at such a great price. I was introduced to Harry's when they sent me one of these trial sets. And I've got to say, they really are very impressive. It's all incredibly easy to arrange online. And the set arrives straight to your door in a neat little package with everything you need to get going. When you open it up, it feels like Christmas. You find a weighted ergonomic handle ensuring maximum comfort and grip while you shave. Mine came in orange and silver. And five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. Wait, there's more. Harry's also throw in a foaming shave gel which feels really good on your skin and a handy little travel blade cover to protect your kit. All of that for $3.95. High quality blades for half the price of other brands out there. It's not bad, is it? So get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get a trial set delivered to you. And that includes a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash F1 podcast right now. That's harrys.com forward slash F1 podcast. Now let's get back to Kimmy. Kimmy, Mintu, um, mother of your children, your wife. Who wears the trousers at home? You or her? Who's the boss? I guess we're both bosses. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I, I, I wasn't literally asking yeah, who wears trousers. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't think that we, you know, we deal with everything together and I think that's the only right way. There cannot be one that dictates, otherwise it will never work for, for long. Did you know immediately when you met her um i've read your book recently and you talk about when you met in the summer of 2013 or got together in the summer of 2013 was it one of those wow moments where you just knew immediately or was it was it been a was it a bit of a slow burn um hard to say obviously we seem to enjoy our it's um our companies together and uh, but yeah there was lot of happening on that time so obviously yeah, we saw each other and then I guess in some way it had to be like feeling that oh yeah it's it's fun otherwise we would never see each other again so but it's it's afterwards it's quite easy to say yeah yeah, yeah it was the you know love in the first sight but uh, but um, I think uh, it worked out well for both of us so yeah, we're happy and uh, and do you think she will help prolong your Formula One career because the sort of stability at home, you leaving the kids knowing they're going to be okay? And yeah, I think for me, for sure, it's easier to, you know, to go when you, you know, they're there with the mom and obviously she's away sometimes, but uh, it's much, I don't need to worry that everything is home, home uh, well in, at home. So in that way, it's much, you know, uh, you don't when you don't need to worry on that when you're away it's it's easy and obviously yeah uh, everything is smooth sailing so that's uh, for sure how did I say when it's a happy wife happy life so story I think it's a, it's one way uh, it's a true story I think it is yeah. can we talk a little bit about racing now um, 
when in your career have you been happiest? When I'm at home. <laughs> uh, no, um, obviously it's not always happy, all fun and, you know, uh, like any job, I think you have a good days, you have bad days. We all have in person life, you wake up some mornings and it just feels everything is wrong and it's going to be a long day. But uh, yeah, I enjoy my racing and obviously when the results are better than worse it's everybody's more happy in any team so um i don't know i'm i never really look that way that oh i'm be more happy on those times than those i think generally i wouldn't be here if i wouldn't enjoy the whole thing obviously there is a lot lot of stuff in in f1 when you we want to race but there's a lot of other things comes apart from the racing, so that's not always the funny thing. Kimmy, if we reflect on the McLaren years, for mm. example, do you look back and think what an amazing opportunity the team gave you to come from Sauber and start winning races? Or do you reflect on those years as missed opportunities because with better reliability you might have won the World Championship in 2003, 2005? What's your take on it? Um, yeah, it's easy to say afterwards that oh yeah, the engine here, though this and that there. But I think that's how it goes, you know. This is how they end up to be, and I don't really feel that oh, I'm I missed one or two championships. It's uh, we we gave a good shot and we failed for whatever reason, but we never got it. And uh, but I still have a good memories, you know. It's uh, I don't think my life would be any different if I had one. The championship there, uh, and it's now probably spreading out <laughs> without it. Then I maybe I wouldn't be here anyhow. So um, yeah, it was great time. Obviously, it, it happened quickly because I started with Sauber and I had I think three year deal with them to end up going McLaren. So it was a nice transition. So I had a good 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 time here there and I learned a lot there so who steered you in that direction was it Mika Hakkinen who you replaced or was it your management team of Steve and um, David yeah Roberts? for sure it was them more I mean Steve and David yeah obviously I don't know where the first contact really came uh, we spent some time with Mika on that time and obviously when he was retiring I guess maybe he talked to them and then Ron talked to the managers and I don't know exactly how it all started, but uh, yeah, it was uh, for sure my manager said, and the biggest work uh, for me from go-kart to get to the racing cars, otherwise I would never been in the race cars in the first place, and then arranging the F1 test with Sauber. Now, am I right in thinking that it was Ron who coined the Iceman? Yeah, that's. Can you? Came up. I, I don't know, where, but that's what it came up, and they said, oh, this would fit you well or something." And I said, "Okay, no problem." And that's how it started. But actually, it's it's been good. So but it was. It's been him, really so. good. Maybe I always joked, and maybe he looked a lot of Top Gun or the movie. But uh, yeah, it's. it's I well. think, Kimmy. So I thanks think, to him. Thank you, to Ronnie. Yeah, it's it's a, it's it's a great nickname but i think it was after japan 05 when you won from 17th on the grid I no 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 was it before that yeah because i think i had already on my helmet in the first year in mclaren i had an ice mystic like uh, 
God, so you made an Im- immediate impression as an Iceman then if you were able to mm, put it I on. I think it was in uh, 2002 already, I'm pretty sure. Wow. So then from McLaren, we go to Ferrari. When did that, when did the, the taste of Ferrari first come to you? When did you want to start? Did you always want to be a Ferrari driver? or I didn't really have that I want to be this or that. It's just obviously all things... Um, Turned that way. Um, I don't. Remember. I think it, I signed the contract in 2005, so quite advanced, advanced before I yeah. went there. But uh, you kept that quiet. I'm surprised it stayed <laughs> that quiet for yeah. often on there. You know, I think you yeah. can read on the news more stuff than you get to yeah. hear from the factory. But uh, um, yeah, um, it just happened to that. I think. They contacted and you know, it took a while, and then that's what uh, how it turned out. So it wasn't like oh, I want to desperately go here or there. It's just uh, you know the next out. opportunity, and that happened to be Ferrari. It sort yeah, of kind of takes yeah. us back to not planning things, doesn't it? And no, then of course, yeah, I don't, don't I didn't have I didn't have plan to oh we're not gonna go to McLaren. You know, it just happened. You know? It's a bit same in uh, with Ferrari thing and uh, well. If you had planned your championship campaign in 2007, I'm not sure you would plan, <laughs> planned it the way it I happened. I would probably plan it a bit more. Easier, <laughs> yes. so. I mean, what were you? You were seven points behind, I think, coming yeah. into the last race. Yeah, I don't know. It was a crazy, crazy yeah, year. Obviously, the points were different, so I think, yeah, it was, I think we were quite on the back foot in quite a while. We had some... Think DNF here and uh, some other stuff, and I had a bit hard time after the first race. Looked very good, but I knew I'd not really. Things were still. We need to sort out. It was quite a lot different than what I'm used to in McLaren. So, so in that way, yeah, it all worked out well in the end. But yeah, there was some difficult times. How how did winning the title change your life? Did it really change my life at all? Obviously, I think it's more how people looked you or you know that's probably what is the biggest change the lives you know it's probably got more hectic in 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 many ways but uh, no not really the life itself doesn't change in my view at least sorry to go back to your book but mm. to go back to the book you there very much appear to be two sides of Kimi Raikkonen mm. there's the serious racing driver who comes into the paddock gets the job done and then you sound like a right laugh away from the track but we don't see that side of it when we see you at the track so why the conscious decision do, do those two sides of you ever interact as you get older are you are we seeing a bit of both at the track or i don't think so i mean i think it, in person i think everybody is different from work to home maybe i'm wrong i am i'm pretty sure of that but uh Obviously, it's, um, here is more working and getting things uh, things right, and I don't, you know, I never felt that it's like the place to uh, that is the most funniest place always. We yes, in 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 the teams, but the rest uh, you almost like you don't want to be involved too much in other stuff because it's all reporters and writing things and. 
they always try to find crazy stories and making big story out of nothing. So. But Kimmy, have you been burnt by a journalist? Is that a sort of a lack of trust of the media, or have you had bad experiences in the past? Or? Can you have a good experience with a journalist? <laughs> well, hey, I hope you're not <laughs> hating this. I mean, but I mean, like I already started that I'm forced to be here. Yeah, thanks. Well, <laughs> I, for someone who's forced to be here, I hope it's not too bad. But I mean, do you? Is it a bad experience that's triggered that, or is it just no, the Kimi? But it's Roy? not why I'm here, you know. It's the reason why I'm here is racing, and and yes, like I said earlier, there's a lot of other things involved uh, on that. Unfortunately, it's not just the racing, but uh, that's always been part of F1 and always going to be. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I just have no interest to get involved with the, those things. I, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm somehow burned though. Miss uh, said or something on there. Obviously, there's things that are sometimes not true, sometimes they are, but uh, yeah. Um. But you still love racing and driving Formula One cars, and yeah, that's I what keeps you coming back. Otherwise, I wouldn't back. be here today. But can you t put a little bit more flesh yeah. on the bone? What is it? The, tell me about the pleasure it gives you, the driving a car. When you pull out of the pit lane, and you're in your own little world in the cockpit. Can you just explain why that is so special? I guess I enjoy the speed. I don't know. Never really think it too much. Why or why not then? You know, I enjoy racing. I think obviously testing is great with the new cars. Everybody's excited. And it's nice to always see how the cars are. But let's say I'm I'm happy that there's only like eight days in the end because after a while we're going around the same same circuit forever always so it's it's the main thing is the racing and going against each other and try to try to do everything as well as you can and you know it's painful sometimes when you do mistakes or you don't get exactly what you want but uh, i guess that challenge is also the one that uh, is enjoyable in the end and, uh, you know. so it's the wheel to wheel racing as much as the physical pleasure of driving the car. Yeah, I guess. And is it is it a a fear of failure or is it a the lure of success that keeps well, you coming? I don't fear of failure, you know. I think if you ask many they probably say that I failed more than <laughs> more than enough, but I don't care, you know. I do it because I enjoy and I, I have no fear of if it goes bad, it goes bad. It doesn't change my life, you know. Once I walk out of the paddock, my life is still the same. So. So, so, Kimmy, go back to your career. What did you miss about Formula One when the Ferrari thing came to a premature end at the racing. end of 2009? Racing. It was the racing. Well, not, not beginning, nothing. Absolutely nothing. I was very happy to go, you know. Uh, all, had I'm, enough. I'm sure I could have signed contract. But it made no sense to me, and I had absolutely zero interest to be here. So, so uh, end of two thousand and nine, yeah. you were fed up with Formula One. Is that I what, was is that what you're saying? Go. Yeah, happy I was very happy to go with all the um, politics and nonsense and everything. And obviously, I had a contract, and they paid me out of it. But uh, I could have signed another contract on a different teams, but uh, I had no interest. So. Uh, well, I was very happy to go. Well, there's some offers on the table for, yeah. for 2010, yeah. but you wanted to go. Yeah, and it made no sense because obviously there's a certain amount of that to pay, and I'm you know, mm. not that stupid that I'm going to 
sign a contract for less and then it's, it's a bit complicated thing but nevertheless uh, I was happy to go you know I was mm. enough and uh, I'm very happy that it came to end because otherwise I wouldn't be here today and uh, well, c- can you just talk to us about those two years so you go rallying yeah um Full of Robert Kubica. Obviously, I did rally in already in two thousand nine out of interest. So but, during the year, but but Kubica said that he went rallying because he loved it, mm. but also he said he felt it made him a better driver. Mm. Can yeah, you, can well, you relate believe, to that? I believe because when I was doing in two thousand nine the rallies and uh, um, obviously there's the teams are always. Against things that you shouldn't do, or the say dangerous stuff, but uh, I don't feel that it's any more dangerous than in here. Uh, plus, I think it's helpful because it's for sure it's teaching you different things on driving. And the one thing that is very helpful is that you have to put so much effort to not just driving but concentrating on notes, listening them right, and then driving that keeps you. It needs to be much more sharper there because. When you don't listen right, you you know it, there's not all. Oh, you need to be very lucky when you don't hit something when you when you miss the corner a little bit or the breaking by a few meters. So I think that teaches you a lot, lot of things, and it's it's helpful for F1. And uh, and then we saw you do a bit of NASCAR while you're away as yeah. well. NASCAR truck racing was that? Yeah, it? and uh, nationwide. And How did you get on on the, the ovals? The plan was to do a cup. I did the one test on a, on a road circuit, but then unfortunately the people that I dealt uh, the money was somehow a bit slow to come, so I said forget it, and I, I came. But came was back. was it that experience on that road course that suddenly relit the fire? Not road course, an oval. I, it was more because obviously in a rally you don't race against anybody; you race against uh, time, basically. Yes, you add everything on the first two whatever they are but it's not race closely against against each other mm-hmm. so in in nascar it is and obviously it doesn't matter which position you are there it's you always found one or two or more guys to race and mm-hmm. and um, then i noticed that it's good fun again you know racing closely and uh, pushing each other a bit and uh so then I thought, oh, maybe I am, maybe I'm be missing racing, and then uh, I thought, okay, maybe I should do more. And then I was thinking that because my plan was to do more NASCAR races, the cup races, like six of them or something. But so that didn't obviously worked out in the end. And uh, then uh, I was thinking, oh, if I want to do racing, then you know if you want to do racing maybe you should do racing in F1 because it's obviously the at least said highest levels of uh, so what of you then racing and you gave the orders to Steve and so to I called Steve and said okay uh, this is uh, this is the idea and do your work so because uh, he was already a year before I got some offer from uh, all that we were called and asked if I want to Racing F1 and uh, from Lotus no. was that the yeah. yeah and I said no thanks and Steve asked for that Steve don't ask anymore and uh, then uh, obviously then I called to him and I said can you look into it and then uh, it all started from there so obviously it was first with Williams and then uh, and I'm in a Lotus. Well, it was clearly a good car, but Kimmy, I've got to ask you about two week period mm. between. 
the Bahrain Grand Prix and the Spanish Grand Prix in 2013. I think Sammy was there. Probably Sammy started the whole thing. <laughs> so, so that's Sammy in the background. Who's how? How do we describe Sammy as a friend? Friend, but I mean, Sammy yeah. has been with you since you were sixteen. You were his mechanic. Yeah. When he was karting, you obviously yeah. decided you were going to be a better driver, and he was a better better oh, mechanic. Yeah, yeah, I was doing some. But um, but Kemi, there was a there was a pretty intense two week period. You finished second in the Bahrain mm. Grand Prix in 2013. You then finished second in the Spanish Grand Prix two weeks later, maybe three weeks later. But um, quite a lot of partying went on. Yeah, but that's normal. You know, Is that me, normal? Yeah, it's very normal. And I. I it, maybe it's not in a book, everything, but for sure on the the whole summer was more or less. Uh, that um, was it was more or less, uh, you know, uh, racing and partying and. But it's you know, I, it's it's nothing. It's nothing new. Uh, so I'm. You know, so for me, it's normal. Outside, it might look a bit uh, weird, but for me, in the past, it's. Very normal story. So. But Kimmy, how, how does, you know, when you go and do a 16-day binge, mm. which is what you did between, <laughs> I would still have a hangover now. Yeah, but trust me, when, <laughs> once you do it, it doesn't feel that long, actually. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but Kimmy, how, how uh, so according to what I read, uh, you stopped boozing, I think, on the Wednesday before Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, so Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday morning, maybe. No, no, no. It was Tuesday, Wednesday. Slow down. Only how? How do you? Food do to get back in the shape. But how, Kimmy? Do you, <coughs> how does the body cope with those extremes? To you be. Don't, so, so, what I just said that when you give, when you do a lot of practicing, it's uh, it's much easier. Uh, trust me, if I would do it now, it wouldn't be the same anymore. So, because but it, I don't know. I, you know, you get used to things and uh, like any anything, unfortunately. So, um, no, no issue. A little bit. I always choked in the past, and, and uh, as long as you have more drinking days than hangover days, you're all fine. So, for sure, on that point, uh, the the numbers were right. So, but you you don't think has it in any way had a negative impact on your career absolutely not do you actually think it's made <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> do you think it's made you a better driver somehow i because always think and it, it obviously it's, it's been a joke often but actually i think it's more true than joke that i often been driving better being doing all whatever i want between the races than if i'm just not having fun and <laughs> and drinks and stuff so i honestly think there's all, all like 2013 it started with the win and there's definitely not just sitting at home on, before so you know it there's too many proven theories on this story that it it might work better when you have been more fun than well, you. i have to say it it, it you want to maybe wanna... you're more i always thought that you're, you're more relaxed and you need to put more effort and concentration in it because you're a bit like uh, unsure. So, uh, and then the end result comes better because you put, uh, you know, it might be. It's a theory. Yeah. So, Kimmy, what about, you've done a lot of your partying with with a small group of friends, mm. Sammy Visa, who we've just talked yeah. about, Stephen. Only because of him. He starts always. <laughs> <laughs> 
but then you know you've you've got a very you've always had a very small entourage, haven't you? So there's been entourage. Sammy, it's my it, friend. I call them friends. Well, no, okay, friends, yeah. but they, but they've also sounds had, wrong when you're saying like. But they've sort of done jobs for you at the same time. Mark Arnold has been there for you as your your physio. Your I don't know how we describe mm. him. Stephen Dave Robertson. But that is it, and they mm. have been with you throughout. How important is loyalty to yeah, you? Yeah, for sure it is. I think uh, in anybody's life, otherwise it's you know it, it just doesn't run smoothly if there is not that. And when the doubts comes, then obviously it's kind of never-ending story. So yeah, for sure, one big. So then, let's just go back to the the, the driving. You, you, you. Ah, no, you said drinking. No drinking. <laughs> no, <laughs> Later. <Yeah. laughs> no, we, we've done drinking, yeah. haven't we? I don't know. Yeah. We only but, drink water uh, yeah. in these days. Yeah, but you then. Um, how surprised were you to get the call from Ferrari after what had happened first time around when they where they gave you the act? Um, in many ways, not not really, because I think when we end end the relationship in a way uh, it all ended up in pretty smooth way in the end even whatever it said and written but there was never really much bad bad things to say or anything else so yeah I wasn't really surprised and uh, I guess uh, winning the championship with them also was a kind of good thing in there and uh, yeah it's uh, not really they could build a story around that couldn't they mm-hmm. yeah and also it's you know, I think yeah it all end up but it, it was always in a good way and so then of course we've completed the circle by coming back here um, let's talk teammates quickly best teammate you've had in Formula 1 yeah I had money money David was very good David well, Coulthard I was in the first one I was first with Nick and uh, then with David and, uh, what did you learn off David I have to say, really, I think um, we. Um, I, I I thought we had very good uh, working relationship, and also it was really he's a really nice guy and normal guy in many ways. So um, I enjoyed that a lot, and I was I had quite a few. I did McLaren few more. So you had Montoya. Yeah, and then uh, Alex was there. Alex first. Yeah, one race. Uh, Two thousand five. Pedro, Pedro. Yeah. Yeah. So I had quite a. <laughs> few fill-ins on some of the teams yeah. so it's hard to say obviously with Seb I'm probably most more more close than with anybody else so what is it about Seb that sees that you like and gravitate towards it's a very similar feeling I think way of thinking stuff and uh, obviously it's German but apart from that is uh, you know nothing wrong with Germans no, no I'm not saying that but uh, yeah it's uh, it always get along well I think when he started um yeah, I, I talked to him when he was very young, and it all started from there. So, yeah, I, I don't think I have bad teammates. Some with some people it's a bit more tricky than others, but it's always worked out well. Now, of your twenty-one wins, which is the one that stands out? If there's one, I mean, I the look of sheer delight on your mm. face in Austin last year made me think that that one was very special. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it took a bit longer than hopefully uh, we probably expected, but um, yeah, it was it was nice. Can we but, can we uh, pick out one that stands out 
I keep banging on. I'm sorry I keep banging on about it, but yeah. Japan 2005 was spectacular. Yeah, it was good. If you purely date the racing side, it was very, very good. But then, uh, um, I don't know, the Lotus, were, I think the Australia win was great. Uh, I think the Ferrari 2009 in Spa was great because the car was definitely not fast. So that fast, but yeah, it's impossible to pick one that was better than others. Why are you so good at Spa? I don't know. I'm but you right. I mean, do you go, do you arrive at Spa and have a sort of different feeling? No, no, no absolutely <laughs> not. I don't feel it any different. I, I like the place because it's very quiet in many ways and middle of the forest and it's more Kind of like remind you old, at home? Old. Does it remind you of home? It reminds me more like, like it should be in my, in my head at least. Like, more old school, like where it's a bit more like I'm used to when we started, you know. Like a lot of races were more when in the middle of nowhere and traditional racetracks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe it reminds me of home. Or yeah, I, I like it there. But you like fast corners because you're good at Silverstone as well. I don't know if I like fast corners. In my head, I don't think I like fast corners, but maybe I do. I think the circuit in Spice is very. Nice and flowing. I think it was the best when it was the old uh, um, bus stop. Oh, that's say. interesting. Yeah. Why do you feel that? I think it was... More challenging? No, it was better corner, I think. Was there, There's more overtaking into they this one. like three times at least now. I think there's more overtaking into this one now than there was in the traditional one. Depends which, which cars, which rules, you know. And, and where are you at on Eau Rouge? Do you feel that... Yeah, but it's not really a corner for us. So, but, so. And hence you enjoyed it back in the day when that was more of a corner as well. Mm, yeah, I think when... But it's not really been a corner when I've been in uh, in Sauber because the car couldn't really take it flat. So then, yeah, then it's quite uh, quite a interesting corner. Or in the wet when you try to push over. And now you have more tarmac and if you get a bit sideways, you can get away with it. But... Uh, yeah, I think most of the cars been so good that it's been quite easy. Sometimes in the race you get a bit. Kimi, one more topic I would love to discuss with you, and that there's a line in the book where you say even bad memories can be good ones. Mm. What do you mean by that? I think they can be. I think uh, over time they often turn out to be okay, and uh, you know they are probably teaching you. A lot of things. So, what well, out of bad you try and get learn and yeah, turn for it sure into? You can learn from from bad things. Uh, that's that's for sure. Maybe on a moment it's for sure not the great things, but uh, yeah. You now, if you look after years, it, I'm sure you found some good out of it. I suppose is that what we call experience? That is the experience that is Kimi Raikkonen and that you're now bringing to this team. Alfa Romeo. Need to all ask those, them. All those bad experiences. Isn't it funny, actually, just, Kimmy, how... I don't think I had so many bad experiences. I just thought in it was racing an in- itself. I thought it was an interesting line yeah. in the book. I, 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 th- I can't remember, tell me if I'm wrong, but maybe it was in the context of your father's death in 2010, mm. I think. Yeah. You know, horrible experience to lose a parent, but maybe, I don't know, is there a... Is there what sort of is there a positive you can put on that somehow in terms of 
I think getting a big principal is never a positive thing. Obviously, it will happen at some point. Uh, we're all going to go away and you know, somebody's going to miss us, more or less. So, uh, But, yeah, obviously, it doesn't feel probably the same anymore than it was that time. But you found a bit bit better better uh, things out of it than those moments. Because when, when you lose a parent, which I, which I have mm. as well, I found that I no longer fear death in the way that I did before have, have you is, is that something you can relate to i don't think i never really f- mm. i think i don't remember that i was really f- free of that you know i think it, hopefully it happens that fast that you have no, no time to think about it but uh, no i don't i think it just probably changes more how you deal with people and you know mm. how in the movies they always say that you should never you know uh, and in a, in a bad way, and then if something happens, but uh, yeah, for sure you learn something. And do the dangers here play on your mind? <coughs> no, I wouldn't be here if they would. I think it's. I don't think you could do your job hundred percent if you would be worried that something happens. Mm. And that hasn't changed since you've become a dad. No. No, I haven't. There's a lot of stories that it will change your Why don't they say sort of point three per child or something? Uh, somebody <laughs> must have said it on years ago and then it only came a story. But no, I haven't noticed. Maybe it is some for somebody. Everybody's okay. different. Well, Kimmy, it's fantastic to talk to you. There's a bunch of fans out there who want to know, can you be on the podium with this team this year? I have no idea. Um, we, we can only do our maximum and then for sure in the first races we get some idea where everybody is and what is the differences but uh, yeah, I think it was so far feels okay but what is going to give us uh, time will tell the car is born well isn't that the expression yeah um, whichever the way you look it's, it's, it's it seems to be a decent decent car and obviously work to be done on as always, uh, any car, doesn't matter how good or bad it is, there's always work to be done. So, but yeah, it feels good. Well, best of luck this year. Thanks for your time. Great to speak to you. Thank you. you. <laughs> Cheers, Kimmy. There you have it. The garrulous Kimmy Raikkonen. Not words I thought I'd utter in conjunction with the Iceman. What a career he's had and how exciting to think there might be another Raikkonen in the form of son Robin who could one day join the racing ranks. Can you imagine Kimmy as a karting dad? It was great to chat, Kimmy. Thanks for your time. And thanks too to Alfa Romeo for being such gracious hosts. All the best for the season ahead. Well, that's it for this episode, but we're back into the weekly swing of Beyond the Grid, so you only have to wait seven sleeps to hear from our next superstar guest. And yes, it's another cracker. In the meantime, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Beyond the Grid. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and tons of other podcast platforms. And while you're there, why not leave a review or better still, recommend us to a friend. And as always, we'd love to hear your comments. Use the hashtag F1 Beyond the Grid or drop me a line on Twitter at Tom Clarkson F1. Beyond the Grid is produced by F1 in association with Audioboom. Until next time, keep it flat out.